Good to see you. So glad you're here today to be able to be part of the worship service. Thank you, Miss Wanda. She wasn't able to sing that at the time we normally would have her sing at Thanksgiving, so I'm glad she was able to do that this morning. Grateful for the ensemble, the great song of praise. Grateful for our choir always being faithful every Sunday. Grateful for the opportunity to worship the Lord. Well, I hope that uh, this will be a blessing to you as you're here today to look at what God's Word has to say to us. If you will, take your Bibles and turn with me to Luke chapter 2. And uh, I want to talk to you this morning about a most important Christmas announcement. Now, I know we're going to start tonight, Hanging of the Green, and that'll be a kickoff of our Christmas music. But I'm going to tie both uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas together in this sense that one of the reasons we give thanks is because the Lord became one of us. And the beginning of this uh, month of December, we began to think about what it was that the Lord did by choosing to become one of us. Marvel at that. Marvel at the God who created everything that exists, spoke it all into existence, became one of us. That is something to truly marvel at. To know that our God who made us in His image and created us the way that He did, fashioned each and every one of us in the womb of our mothers, and yet this is the God who said, I will become one of them so I can save them. So as we look at this announcement, I want you to consider why the announcement was given the way it was, what it had to say, and what it says to us today. You know, most people dread announcements. I don't know about you. That's not my favorite thing to do here in worship. I know we... We take time to uh, share about information and things that are going on so that everybody's aware of that. But obviously, that's, uh, that's just something we have to do. And, and uh, so sometimes it can be considered a, a dull part or something. But, but not that first Christmas announcement. There was nothing dull about that. I grew up in an age where, you know, the radio would be interrupted or maybe the TV was being interrupted with, uh, we interrupt this program for an important announcement. Well, <clears throat> think for a moment what it was. For the world to be interrupted by a heavenly announcement. And that's what we're going to look at. So gather your Bibles, look at Luke chapter 2 with me for a moment. We're going to look in verses 8 through 17. Very familiar passage to us, obviously. But I want us to consider uh, some things that the Lord did and said to us through this important announcement. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. Now there were shepherds nearby living out in the field, keeping guard over their flock at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were absolutely terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Listen carefully, for I proclaim to you good news that brings great joy to all people. Today your Savior is born in the city of David. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly a vast heavenly army appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among people with whom he is pleased. When the angels left them and went back to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place that the Lord has made known to us. So they hurried off and located Mary and Joseph and found the baby lying in a manger. 
And when they saw him, they related what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were astonished at what the shepherds said. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for the opportunity to look into your word. Thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit inspired Dr. Luke to write these words that, Lord, we can look at and examine at this time of the year and realize, Lord, that the very announcement that was made to those shepherds over 2,000 years ago is an announcement that still resonates today, an announcement we need to pause and hear. And so, Lord, for the opportunity to do that this morning, I praise you and ask that your Holy Spirit will now bring again into our hearts and into our minds the very excitement that this announcement made to the shepherds created within their hearts and minds, and, and Lord, that we would respond as the shepherds did so that we would know and understand and see this great thing that you have done. And by faith, Lord, have the opportunity to once again relive this wonderful, wonderful truth. So, Lord, do your great work in this place. And if there's someone here today for whom this announcement may be very well given, that today they could find the Lord Jesus to be their personal Lord and Savior by coming to him and responding to him in faith. Well, Lord, today, may that happen as a work of your Holy Spirit and from your word. Do, Lord, all that you desire to do in our hearts and minds, and we'll praise you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen. So we look at the passage of Scripture. I want you to notice things about this announcement that, to me, are fascinating. First off, just notice that the announcement is a personal announcement. In other words, this announcement wasn't just made generally. It wasn't broadcast all around the world. It was brought to some shepherds who were on a hillside just outside of Bethlehem. And as you think about that, think about the fact that that is where the Lord chose to make his announcement. He didn't make it in Jerusalem. He didn't make it among all of the great powers and kingdoms of the earth. He didn't make this announcement in Rome, which was the seat of power in that day. But rather, the Lord chose some shepherds on a hillside outside of Bethlehem to make what has to be one of the most incredible announcements. Why? Because it was personal and and it was given to those shepherds first, but it was then for the shepherds to share with others. Notice what it says in that announcement. For unto you <laughs> is born a Savior. Unto you. That means every one of us here this morning, we could point the finger at ourselves and say that the announcement is to us. For unto you a Savior has been born. To me, that's one of the most spectacular parts of this, of this announcement. And the angels made because God had sent them to make it was to these shepherds. Now, you know, these shepherds showed up at work. They, they weren't expecting to see angels that night. Now, they saw spectacular things at night. Let me tell you something. When you get away from the lights of a city, get away from what I'll call light pollution and, and get out in the darkness of the woods or get out in the darkness of a, of, of a place where there's no lights and look up in the sky, you, you suddenly realize how bright those stars are, how many there are. You can see things you can't see otherwise. And those shepherds were used to being able to get out there in the darkness with those sheep and just look up into those lights and, and see the spectacular things that took place in the heavens. An occasional, what we'd call a shooting star or 
or, or some meteor shower or some spectacular thing. They might even, and of course they were well aware of the, of the planets. They understood that much better than you and I do. They used this for guidance. They used this for all kinds of things. So they would look up in the skies. They were used to looking and seeing spectacular things in the sky, but nothing prepared them for what happened that night. When all of a sudden, in the darkness, a bright light appeared, and suddenly there was an angel, and suddenly they heard the voice of this angel, and, and suddenly they were hearing such wonderful news. But, but the thing that was spectacular to them was that the Lord had first showed up to talk to them, who were shepherds, who were the outcasts of society, but also that the Lord would say, we've got good news for you. You, the shepherds. You who no one likes, no one wants around, nobody invites you to their parties, nobody has you come over for fellowships because you stink, you smell like sheep. But these were the people the Lord chose and said unto you. Folks, let us get real this morning and understand that the Christmas message and the announcement of what God did for us by becoming one of us, that that announcement is for you and for me as individuals and we need to hear that we need to hear that often and we need to think about that you know think what it would be like for a moment if the new york uh symphony the philharmonic symphony whatever they call themselves they, think what a moment if, if everybody in that huge montage of instrumentalists chose to come to some workers working on the highway and all of a sudden, they just assembled themselves and put up their, their chairs and their music stands and brought their instruments. And while these guys are out there working out on the road, all of a sudden, they began to play this beautiful, beautiful music from the symphony so they could hear music while they were working. Can you imagine that? Well, then you have some kind of an imagination of what it was like for the Lord to send an angel and then all of the angelic hosts to some shepherds outside of Bethlehem and light the sky up just so they could hear these words, for unto you is born this day a Savior. Unto you. Have you heard that personal announcement yourself? See, the Apostle Paul, and I'm going to speak more about this because this will be my text for tonight in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 and following, but... There, Paul reminds us that God chose the humble things of the world for his grand purposes and ordinary people to do extraordinary work. How like our God that he chose shepherds to make such an announcement and say, this is for you. I hope you hear that today as well. I hope you understand this Christmas season when you walk around and see all the signs and all the proclamations of Merry Christmas and and so forth, that you understand that, that the message of Christmas is for you. And you have, you have received Jesus, and trusted in Him, believed in Him as your personal Lord and Savior, for you're the reason that He came. I'm the reason that He came. And that's what makes every Christmas, every year, new again. You know, there's a lot of things that aren't new every year. You know, we, we celebrate birthdays every year. Some of us celebrate them less and less enthusiastically. We celebrate anniversaries. 
But there's something about Christmas that every year is just new all over again. And I think the reason is because of what it is and because of this announcement and because it's personal. And then we need to hear from God over and over, this is for you, for unto you is born a Savior. You know, Christmas is, is a great time for me. I enjoy songs. I enjoy all the good feelings, what they call Christmas spirit that people seem to try to generate and have. And, and I, I'm all about the, the, the nice presents that are exchanged and the big dinners and all the opportunities to be together with family and friends. And I'm not by any means demoting or, or, or any way putting down any part of the sentimental aspects of Christmas and the sentiments that are expressed by uh, ourselves to one another. But do you realize God is the one who took the initiative to give us Christmas and to give us this announcement and to say it's to you? And so again, I marvel that one of the great things that makes this announcement important is that it's personal. I shared this about 11 years ago, and afterwards I had people come up to me and say, you just ruined that movie, and you ruined that song for me forever. <laughs> so I almost hesitated to share the story again, but I know there's many people here this morning who never heard this. But I think sometimes, you know, you just got to rip the mask off and be real. But I, I, I've always enjoyed the song, White Christmas, and there's a movie called White Christmas. I've always enjoyed that. I've Enjoyed that as a part of a Christmas classic. I have my Christmas classics. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life, Miracle on 34th Street. And, and, and uh, if you talk to my daughter, Allison, she and I have this particular version of Scrooge that we like to watch together. It's a musical. And it's a pretty, pretty fascinating one. And, of course, now one of my favorite Christmas movies is The Nativity Story. But I want you to understand that there's a young man by the name of Lindsay... His father was a distant and very severe man, and he worked him especially hard during the holidays, particularly at Christmas. Lindsay was given extra chores at the family ranch, and his old man would whip him if he didn't work hard enough, and Lindsay literally lived in fear of these beatings that often drew blood, and, and even worse were those verbal floggings, the calling of names, the insults, the belittling, the put-downs. They seemed especially harsh. At Christmas, and the memory stayed with him all of his life. And Lindsay was tormented as if uh, he was being tormented by demons every December when Christmas came around. One friend said, Lindsay was never able to find happiness. He became a hard drinking uh, pro problem person who went from one woman to another, couldn't find peace, couldn't find success. And finally, at the age of 51, he just angrily watched Bing Crosby's White Christmas one last time, put a gun to his head and put a bullet through his brain. I hated Christmas because of pop, he said, and I always will. And he once said, it brings back the pain and fear I suffered as a child. If I ever do myself in, it will be at Christmas time. And that will show the world what I think of Bing Crosby's white Christmas. You see, ironically, that was Bing Crosby's son, Lindsey Crosby. And I thought to myself, how tragic that this young man never really understood what a Christmas announcement was all about. Because of the terrible circumstances that he lived, particularly through the Christmas season, he never got to fully understand what the announcement was about, that it was for him. Folks, if you're here this morning, I, 
whatever tragic way you were raised, whatever difficulties you may have faced, whatever has been done to you, whatever thing that you may have had to endure, or whatever choices you yourself may have made that may make Christmas time a very difficult time, can you just hear the announcement that God made to you? For unto you is born this day a Savior. And the reason is because God loves us. Well, let's move on. Not only is it personal, but we also see it's universal. It's for all people. You see, that's exactly what the angel said. This is an announcement that is made. Today a Savior is born in the city of David. He's Christ the Lord. And uh, that this is going to be one for all people. This is going to be for everyone. You see, it's personal, but it's also universal. And that's not a contradiction. It's just a great truth. The good news is that this is personal in its impact and how we ought to respond, but it's universal in its scope. And what's wonderful is that every single one of us here this morning can know that this announcement was not just for us individually, but it's for us no matter where we came from, no matter who we are, it's for everybody. In fact, that's one of the great things that I enjoy about this time being attached to our international mission work and, and the international mission board's offering, the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, because this is a time when we ought to be thinking about what Christmas was. It was for everyone. The birth of Jesus was for everyone. In fact, we read this in the book of Acts when we looked how the gospel, when it began to be preached and spread, it, it overcame every ethnic, cultural, racial, language limitation there was. There was absolutely no barrier that the gospel could not break down because that was absolutely the intention of Christmas and the Lord coming. This would be for all people. In fact, that's why Jesus himself said the gospel has to be preached in all nations. That's why Paul said in Acts 10 that the gospel need to be to every nation. Because this is a universal announcement. And that's why we have to, as a church, be working on a global scale. Yes, we need to be working here in our Jerusalem. Absolutely, we need to be working here in our Jerusalem. Yes, we need to be working in our Judea, our area our county our state yes absolutely we need to be working in our Samaria our country our our place where we go and do all the different things that we do uh, last year in 2018 over 140 something folks were involved in missions in, in our church and we had a sizable number on a percentage basis that went overseas but folks we are called to take the gospel to everybody and to share it with anyone because that's the universal scope of this important announcement. And that's why we need to be at work. That's why we not only give. You know, this year our, our Lottie Moon Christmas offering goal will be $12,500. One of the reasons we give is because we need people sharing the gospel. We need to support and uplift and help and supply the needs of those who are on the front lines. But we ourselves need to answer God's call as we have the opportunity to share our faith. Here, yes, in Jerusalem. Yes, in our Judea. Yes, in Samaria. Yes, to the othermost parts of the earth. Again, because this is a universal announcement. And people need to hear us say to them what the shepherds heard the angels say to them. That we have good news. And it's for all people. Third thing about this announcement, it was timely. I love the fact that when the angel appeared in verse 11, Today your Savior is born. <laughs> In other words, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Well, for the shepherds, that day was that moment 
when the angels made that declaration, today a Savior has been born. Folks, I want to stand here today and tell you today a Savior can be for you if by faith you're willing to turn from sin and turn to this Savior who will forgive you and cleanse you and make you a new creation and both believe and receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. What a blessing that would be this Christmas to come to understand what Christmas is all about. But you see, that's the timeliness of, of this announcement. Now, anytime we hear that Jesus loved us enough to come and be one of us, to live that perfect sinless life that he lived, was willingly uh, coming for the purpose, the sole purpose of going to the cross to suffer and die for our sins so that you and I could be saved. And there's no greater timely announcement than today. And today that announcement's being made yet again in your hearing. We need Christmas every year. I'm convinced of that. I, a lot of people wonder why we celebrate Christmas and and you know, but when I think about what happens nationally and what I think about happens internationally, when the entire world is called back to look at and revisit the fact that a Savior was born, that Jesus came, the birth of Christ, what God did by sending His Son. Listen, at this point in time in our life, our nation is engaged in a culture war that has literally split us all over the place. And I think about all the attacks that are made on Christmas. <laughs> There's a reason for that. There's a reason why people are trying to turn it into the holidays and trying to turn it into something about the winter solstice rather than about Jesus. Why? Because the world hates Christmas because, as Jesus said, the world hates him. I find it ironic that in a book called Hitler's Cross, Erwin Lutzer in his examination of the Nazi agenda for Germany, uh, showed how German churches responded. He said, since Germans had for centuries celebrated Christmas and Easter, Hitler had to reinterpret their meaning. Christmas was turned into a totally pagan festival. In fact, at least for the SS troops, its date was changed to December the 21st, the date of the winter solstice. Carols and nativity plays were banned from schools in 1938, and even the name Christmas changed to Yuletide. Crucifixes were eliminated from classrooms, and Easter was turned into a holiday that heralded the arrival of spring. Now, that ought to resonate today because that's exactly what's happening today. But not by an individual, but by the paganization of our country. Because you see, the point of the announcement was to announce Jesus. And that he was coming for each and every one of us for us to respond to him and it was also universal that it would be for everybody and that it was important to understand that this announcement when it comes today is the time we respond i know people individually i know people as families they need christmas i'm not talking about they need trees and decorations and presents i'm talking about they need to be reminded that god loves them enough to become one of them and endure what they endure i love the fact the bible says jesus was tempted in all points as we were yet without sin but folks he knew what it was to be hungry he knew what it was to be tired he knew what it was to be rejected he knew what it was to be betrayed he knew what it was to be treated badly and harshly he knew what it was to have all of the evil 
poised against him. He knew what it was to have religion be against him. He knew all these things. And yet he did what he did for us. Have you responded to Jesus? We sing the Christmas carol with the words, Be born in us today. And my prayer is that today you know Jesus. And if not today, you can be saved. That's the timeliness of this announcement. Let's look at the last thing very quickly. It is timeless. How do we know it's timeless? Because he said, today your Savior is born. What does that mean? Well, that means this is a Savior not just for the shepherds, not just for that day and time, but a Savior who would save until he comes again. Now marvel at this as well. Not only that God became one of us and became our Savior, but marvel at the fact that what Jesus did on the cross is still as effective today as it was that first Easter. That there's not been one diminishment in the power of God to save a person who will come to faith in Christ today as at any point. I marvel at that. I marvel at the fact that today, if there's somebody here today who doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and they were to cry out for the Lord to save them and ask Jesus to come into their heart and be their Lord, I, I marvel at the fact that when someone can do that, that the salvation, the power of salvation is just as strong and just as real and just as effective today as it was nearly 2,000 years ago at Pentecost. Or at any time in Paul's ministry, I marvel that until the day Jesus comes back or we go to be with him, there is the power of God for salvation, and that is the gospel, the good news of Jesus. This announcement is one of the great announcements ever because it is timeless. One Sunday on December the 22nd, 1996, a man by the name of Carnell Taylor was working on a paving crew uh, repairing Interstate 64 bridge over Elizabeth River there in Virginia. And the road was icy and a pickup truck slid out of control, hit Taylor, who was working, knocking him off the bridge. He fell 70 feet and hit the cold waters of the river below. His pelvis and some of the bones of his face were broken. Now, Joseph... Brisson, who was a captain of a barge that was passing by at that moment, saw Taylor fall, and he had to make a life-and-death decision. He knew Taylor would drown before he and his crew could launch their small boat and reach him. The numbingly cold water and strong currents of the river could kill him if he dived in to rescue Taylor. He had a family, and Christmas was just three days away, yet Brisson decided to risk everything, including his life, for a man he had never met, he dived into the river, he swam to Taylor, grabbed hold of him, said, Don't worry, buddy, I got you. And then Brisson held Taylor's face above the water and encouraged him to keep talking. And then he took hold of a piece of wood in the water and slid it under Taylor to help him stay afloat. The current was too strong for them to swim to safety, and eventually that cold caused Brisson to lose his grip on Taylor. So Brisson wrapped his legs around the injured man's waist, just held on as long as he could, and after nearly 30 minutes, that crew from the barge finally was able to reach the two men, pull them from the water into the small boat. Taylor was hospitalized for broken bones, and Brisson, who was treated as a hero, was treated for mild hypothermia. And Brisson later told the Associated Press he knew what he had to do when he saw the man fall. He said, I have a family, 
And I thought about that, and I thought about how life is important. I'm a Christian man. I couldn't let anything happen to him. In this perilous rescue, Joseph Brisson shows us the heart of God. The God of love knows better than anyone the tremendous value of one human being and his or her eternal soul. For just one person, Jesus was willing to leave the safety and joy of his Father in heaven and give himself for us. That's what that announcement was all about. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Have you heard this announcement? And have you heard it to the point that today you can say, yes, I believe that announcement. I believe what was said. I believe what the Bible says about Jesus to be true. I believe He is the only one who can save me. And today, give your heart and your life to Him. You see, Jesus came to rescue you. And what He asks of you is to believe and receive Him. Let us all hear today this very important announcement again. Let us hear these wonderful words. Yes, they were given to shepherds. Yes, they were given in a marvelous and wonderful way. But no less spectacular to me today is the fact that these words still resonate. For unto you, Walter Blackman, unto you is born this day a Savior. Your Savior, my Savior. Is He your Savior? Have you trusted in Him? Have you heard the announcement? Have you believed? See that what the shepherds did was when they heard the announcement, they said, let us go and see what we have been told. What I would ask of you this Christmas season is you go and see what the Lord has done. Delve into the Christmas story yet again. Read it together as a family. Talk about what it is that God did by sending his son Jesus. Make sure that everyone in your family knows that this is the reason we celebrate Christmas. Not because of a winter solstice. Not because it's an opportunity just to celebrate a holiday. It's all about Jesus. Let's pray.